Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Back in the studio this week after we've given you a sampling of our speakers from our Reformation Boise Conference that we just had a couple weeks ago. We hope that you've been enjoying them on the broadcast. Hearing from Dr. Murray and Pastor Savaggio was a super great blessing. And if you've missed those, you can just go to ReformationBoise.com and hear the messages directly from the website. So today, brothers, back in the studio, how are you guys doing? Very good. Thank you. Good. So we are arriving at the last attribute from the Shorter Catechism question number four, who is God? The answer is God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. And um, maybe just a plug real quick here on the benefit for me personally on the catechism question. Is oftentimes when I don't know how to pray, sometimes I just reflect on this catechism question and pray through God's attributes. Have you guys done that before? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a good thing too. And if you remember the history of that question and answer there, you remember the – uh, Westminster divines, after they'd done the Westminster Confession of Faith, then they met and they divided up in three groups. I mean, there was, um, I think, some 122, 121 ministers as well. And they divided up in three groups to tackle making these questions and answers. And the subject came up, you know, one of them was to, um, you know, answer the question, what is God? And everyone felt inadequate to do that. And so they called upon somebody to pray for them. Got young, one of the young um, ministers there, George Gillespie. They called on him to pray, and he prayed. He prayed that very that very thing. He he begins to say, um, "Oh God, Spirit, infinite, eternal, unchangeable, in your being, wisdom, and power." Holiness, justice, goodness, and truth, mm-hmm. and apparently somebody's writing it down. <laughs> that becomes the answer to the question. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's not the it's not the it's not every attribute of God, right? But it is a it is a good start. Yeah, but I do think it's helpful to not only pray the words of this catechism that deal with the attributes of God, but I, I think there are are places in Scripture where those attributes are are in condensed form, and so. I find it helpful to pray through those passages, to read through those passages. Um, there are certain passages that I would read at the beginning of every calendar year to have in my mind, okay, going into this year, who is God? Mm-hmm. What do I need to be reminded of? Yeah. Um, and so I think the catechism works that way, but I think just certain condensed versions throughout the, um, the Bible also do that too. Yeah, and, and perhaps just a word of encouragement to our our listeners. Um, I don't know about you guys, the language of praise, spontaneous praise in my prayers, does not come naturally to me. Yeah. Supplication does, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, God help me. That 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 <laughs> yeah. comes real really yeah. naturally. Um, but I find myself tongue tied when it comes to praise, yeah. and that's where uh, the catechism is really helpful. Uh, and as Russ is saying, most of all, scripture is really helpful. Pray the Psalms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're at, at a loss, and, and and God's words, those are those are God's words given to us so that we can give them back to God in praise. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we're arriving today at the last attribute uh, in this catechism question, which is the truth of God. And I would just say one of the fascinating things about how the scripture works is how relevant it is to our culture today. You know, when Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate, um, he told him, for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And do you remember how Pilate responded? He didn't stick around for an answer. No, he didn't. He said, what is truth? And of course, I don't think that was sincere at all, but I think no question could be more important. And it's it's this very truth that's under assault today. The world claims that there is no truth. And what we hear constantly in our culture is whatever's true for you is true for you, and whatever's true for me is true for me. So brothers, first of all, before we get to the definition of truth, how would you deal with that statement? Well, I think that we have to make a distinction between the content of truth, that is, what statements are true, and the concept of truth. And I think the, what's failing us so much is there's a, a lack of a real concept of what is truth. What it's, you know, truth is veracity. It's genuineness. It's the opposite of being false. And people don't have an objective definition of what truth is. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'd have to say, even you know, you, you said, Jonathan, and I and I agree that the secular world today um, often. Uh, just completely rejects the idea of truth. There is no such thing as truth. Or they'll say that all all assertions of truth are mer- merely assertions of power. Mm-hmm. That uh, you're you're using your claim to truth as a cudgel to mm-hmm. to try and coerce other people into, into this or that. Um, but I would ha- I would also have to say you scratch very deep on that, and I'm not believing them. Yeah, there's a deep hunger for truth. Yeah. And um, and I'm also not believing them because, well, you, you'll hear you'll hear that a lot on college campuses today that there's no such thing as truth, but it's also true that the college campus has become the most legalistic place yeah. in the world. Where there's a rule for everything. There's language codes. You can't use this word. You can't use that pronoun. Mm-hmm. Um, and and stern uh, rebuke and punishment if you if you run afoul of the new rules. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and and I don't mean to be completely cynical about that because I do think it indicates a deep hunger for truth and a desire for truth. I think that's built into us. Yeah, mm-hmm. we want something that conforms to reality. And I think it was Francis Schaeffer that said, you know, we we live in this world that's lost m- the meaning of words, and we've detached language from uh, what leads. And and because we've done this detachment uh, from reality and language we have all these moral and spiritual relativisms and and so francis schaefer began talking about true truth yeah. you know because what he was his he got behind you know our you know gloss over the, the whole notion of truth and he said this is true truth it was it was a brilliant way to communicate something solid and real yeah mm-hmm 
I hope this doesn't sound just like an old guy saying this, but I, I do truly feel sorry for young people today um, because they live in a nonsensical, illogical yep. world. Yep. Um, the assertion that there is no truth is a, is a truth statement. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're going to eventually explode your brain trying to figure out, well, so was that statement not true? Mm-hmm. Or was it? I mean... So they live in a nonsensical world. There, my truth can't be true, and your truth can't be true. If I say that Jesus is the only way um, by which a person can be saved, that there is only one way to the Father, and that is through the mediator, Jesus Christ. That can't be true for me. And then you across the table say, well, all religions lead to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they both can't be true. Yeah. So – we can't play around with with these concepts of anybody can define what's true and live and actually be able to engage in a world that that statement is left out there to to dictate our behavior. There is a truth. Mm-hmm. It might be that we don't like it, but that doesn't change the fact that there is truth. Yeah. There is something nope. that's real and um, – I think that makes it difficult. I, I really do. I don't mean this in a in a speaking down to young people today. I really do feel bad for them because mm-hmm. yeah. I lived yeah. in a sensible world, right? World that had a lot of things wrong with it, but at least words mattered. Truth was still truth. Right. I mean, and I knew how to engage in that world, right? Well, you know, going on, uh, Francis Schaeffer would talk about uh, you know how it applies to us as believers. He says. Historic Christianity, biblical Christianity, believes that Christianity is not just doctrinal truth, but flaming truth, true to what is there, true to the great final environment, the infinite personal God. You know, after everything, truth reflects the character of God, mm-hmm. who is, um, you know, perfectly true. Yeah. Right, right. So you guys spoke a little bit, especially you, Jonathan, about like defining truth. So. I think the the veracity that which comports to reality those type mm-hmm. of things. So in John three, um, we read this: John three thirty one through thirty four. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard. Yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this that God is true. So that's where I want to focus now for the rest of the program today, what does it mean that God is true? What does it mean that God is truth itself? Hmm. Well, remember when we were talking, uh, when we began these attributes, we said what comes to our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us, quoting A.W. Tozer. This is the most portentous fact. Uh, What is it that we believe about God? And, you know, I think that when we begin to talk about that, we realize there is n- <laughs> the need for truth is the most sacred need that we have because that um, that because of the view of truth, the truth of Christ, the truth about heaven and hell um, is so important. It becomes the highest the highest um, stakes proposition on earth. You know, God's revelation of truth has eternal consequences for us, and I think that's why Os Guinness said, hell is nothing less than the truth known too late. Mm -hmm. 
Well, there's three types of truth. You know, Herman Baving talked about in dogmatic theology that there's there's ontological truth, which is truth in being, which means like if gold is going to be true gold, it has to actually be gold. It can't be fool's gold. Um, then there's ethical truth, truth in word or in deed. Um, so that corresponds between a person's being and a person's uh, word or actions. And then there's logical truth, truth in the mind, um, which is uh, – truth that we comport to in our understanding and in our wisdom. And, and basically what Baving's point is that when we say that God is truth, what we mean is he is the final standard of all reality. Right. Um, he, he, there's not a standard of truth outside of him that he comports to, that he right. agrees with, right. but that he is the standard and the measure of truth itself. What is true? Ultimately, God. Right. And that attribute qualifies all of all of his communication to us, all of his revelation to us, what he said is is true. Mm-hmm. When we pick that up, he's true to himself, and so when he speaks a promise to us, we can his his own character is on the line, and to break that promise would be to die himself. He says, if if we are faithful faithless, he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. He can't deny the truthfulness of who he is. Yeah, yeah. and uh, remember when. When Jesus prayed for us in his high priestly prayer in John 17, he he was praying for all of those believers who would uh, who, who would follow, who would who would believe because of the witness of the apostles, and that's us. And he prayed to the Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Um, that's a powerful prayer. And to know that our Lord prayed that for us, that we would be sanctified, we would be set apart by God's truth revealed to us uh, in Scripture, in the Word. Uh, That's a precious prayer. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. We've just concluded uh, finishing up the attributes of God in Shorter Catechism question number four. If you'd like to listen to any of our past broadcasts, just go to ReformationBoise.com. We will see you next time. 